My name is Saul Wordsworth, and this is the IBT Podcast. I'm Saul Wordsworth, Deputy Editor of IBT International, the world's leading publication for industrial and off-road vehicles in construction, agriculture and mining. Welcome to the IBT podcast. Our main interview today is with Sara Fueling, Director of the Construction Sector for the AEM, the Association of Equipment Manufacturers in the United States, a hugely influential organisation and also the organiser of ConExpo. Sara will offer her observations about the impact of COVID-19, how trade shows might change as a result of it, and how technology will help companies both survive and thrive through it. But first... It's time for news and conversation with IVT editor Tom Stone, live from his luxury cardboard box on England's south coast. door keeps on opening in the wind. Is that a euphemism? No, it's my new home office, but the door doesn't quite click shut. So if there's a through breeze, then we get we get a sort of ghostly, ghostly open. I have a good view of the sports ground, the athletics track. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's some, I mean, the leisure centre is not open, but the athletics track, I think these must be professional semi-professional people were, uh, who are uh, you know very important training they're doing on the athletics track um that could that, and to think tom that could have been you if you hadn't turned your ankle eight weeks ago i know it's still it's still a little sore but i might start i might do some cycling this weekend perhaps maybe yeah. on sunday i might do a little cycle ride i could go up yeah I could do a very little cycle ride with Emily, nine, and Samuel, five. They've got, they've got funny that, surnames, your children. They're, they're tabloid surnames. There's been some interesting news stories, a breaking news story, in fact, from the end of last week that appeared in our timelines today. Absolutely. Well, the recent news, indeed, that um, the European Parliament has, has approved the delay to the stage five regulations coming in for um, certain classes of vehicles, the ones that were most concerned about, I think manufacturers were most concerned about, uh, due to COVID. I mean, yep. what, why was it again that they were, that they were asking for this delay? I mean, I mean, it was specifically COVID related, for sure. Hmm. The, the supply chains. Um... Oh, I see. Yeah, it, I, it was a slowing up of the supply chains and staff not well, not being at full capacity. Um, everything yeah. basically has been pushed back. So it made very good sense to delay this initiative. I'm surprised it took as long as it did because the vote was overwhelmingly in favour. I would be interested to know who voted against. It was something like 634 and 13 against or something. But uh, 
seem like a no-brainer to me and it's hardly a surprise it's it's gone ahead although it's taken weeks to be processed but perhaps that's the nature of the European Commission. The European Parliament I think yes is, is notorious for, 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 for being quite slow. Yeah and uh, bureaucratic and not having bendy bananas. Yeah incorporating all the all these different opinions and you know different cultures yeah. into one parliament is certainly a challenge um, but they've, they've, they've come to the, the right decision here. But, you know, I, I, I think, um, you know, it was 653 agreed with us all and 17 did not. Yeah, that, that's, um, what, that's what I said, yeah. There's certainly been other good news um, in our world in the last week or two. I see that uh, Bama China is going ahead as planned at the end of November, which is uh, a very positive step, albeit with um, health remaining a top priority for the organisers. Yeah, this is great news, isn't it? Bauma China, you know, will be um, probably, I would have thought, the, the, the biggest um, construction show since um, Con Expo. Con Expo. You were up, weren't you? I, I was there in both body and mind, and that was mid-March. Mid-March, um, right before lockdown. And lockdown was enacted pretty much straight afterwards. In fact, they, as I recall, they brought proceedings to a close a day early. They did, didn't they? And we've all been wondering, you know, when big events like this will return. And I suppose it's no surprise that China are the first to confirm that they are, you know, coming back, seeing as they, they were a few months ahead of the rest of the world with the, uh, with the pandemic. And, uh, and so they're coming back. But all eyes will certainly be on Bauma China uh, to see exactly how that unfolds. I mean, it's not quite the size of something like Con Expo, but um, you know, nevertheless, a, a big and significant show, um, which yeah, we'll we'll all we'll all be watching that with interest, won't we? And so to see to see how it unfolds, and hopefully they can do it. Do you think they'll? Do you think it will? It will work all right. Do you think they'll do it? I'm unless there are further outbreaks, both worldwide and specifically in China. I think they'll do it. I think they'll pull it off. I think it'll be a different kind of show. It'll be um, conceivably the first of the new normal. Um, kind of events that we might have to get used to in the next year or two before as when and if there's a vaccine but um but i, I think it'll go ahead and I, I look forward to attending tom well you never know it might be out there for sure i mean that's not uh, not not beyond the realms of possibility um yeah. but um it, we certainly been running some previews in the magazine which uh, which i look forward to in our china chinese language edition as well coming up funnily enough tom it ties in with uh our main interview in this podcast, which is with Sarah Fueling of the AEM, who obviously are uh, the Con Expo organisers. And, and she talks in, her, her, uh, in the interview, does she, about the, the possibility of these types of shows returning? Absolutely. We talk about that. We talk about the AEM members, how they've responded to COVID-19, as well as the organisation itself and what it's done to help support its members during these unprecedented and challenging times. Tom Stone there, IVT editor and still one of the good guys. Now it's time for my interview with Sarah Fueling, director of the construction sector for the AEM, the Association of Equipment Manufacturers in the United States. 
Sara spent 12 years in heavy highway construction project management with the Wisconsin Department of Transportation and has a background in civil engineering. I started by asking her about her own lockdown experience. So Con Expo Con Ag was in March. Yeah, um, I was there actually. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I'd say we were there and for that whole week. And um, when we came back then was when everything started shutting down here, right? So um, we've been working from home since we got back from Con Expo. Uh, I went into the office last week, or no, this week, Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, it was so weird, like, because it's been 14 weeks like that. that we've now just, right, I'm working from home, like sitting at my counter, sitting at my table, sitting on my couch. <laughs> so I'm, I'm excited to kind of get back out and do stuff just because my personality as well as my job is interacting with people, right? Like, so not being able to have that face-to-face interaction conversation anymore is, um, challenging. <laughs> I yeah, guess. That's the word. That's the the modern spin on the word. Yeah. Perhaps, Sarah, you could kick things off by telling me what it is that the AEM has done to assist its members during the pandemic. Yeah. So, um, the Association of Equipment Manufacturers, uh, that's AEM. We are the North America-based International Trade Association that represents the off-road equipment manufacturers and suppliers. Um, so our members are range from some of the largest manufacturers of the equipments that you're going to see out there, um, all the way down to the components and services. Um, but during during this pandemic, um, we have um, advocacy advocacy team in DC. Um, that is advocating in our capital and throughout the country to urge our officials to champion policies that matter to our members, um, that not only encourage investment and job growth, but also development and production of equipment. So this this industry right now generates um, 2.8 million jobs, um, $288 billion each year to our economy. Um, and so we are working with our officials to make sure that we have pro manufacturing policies in place to help our nation's recovery efforts from from COVID-19. Sure. OK. And what kind of feedback have you had from your members regarding COVID and the impact it's had on them and their industries? Definitely. So COVID-19 has obviously had a very significant impact on the manufacturing industry. Um, according to we had a recent survey. Nine out of 10 of our CEOs, presidents, and business owners that were surveyed said that the impact of the pandemic was very negative on the economy. Um, In addition, 65% said that that impact on their manufacturing operations was also negative. Um, We're seeing a lot of manufacturers that are reorienting their product lines um, to help manufacture PPE equipment and other critically needed materials, given that the manufacturing of equipment is kind of in a decline. Um, According to that survey as well, eight out of 10 said that they would like to see a significant investment in infrastructure to help keep the manufacturers in business and set the stage for recovery. Um, Everybody acknowledges this is a really tough time, uh, but we are very optimistic that we're gonna build through and we're gonna be able to rebuild uh, the nation's economy as things return to normal. Perhaps we could touch a little bit on the importance of technology in rebuilding after um, COVID-19. I know that you were at Conexpo and and Conexpo Mm -hmm. is organized by the AEM. 
Correct. Um, what did you see there that gives you the impression that uh, we can, as an industry, recover from this pandemic? Right. So what we saw at ConExpo ConAg um, was just we had over we had all the square footage of just new technologies and exhibits. Um, and so this technology is really going to be essential as we return to normal, whatever that looks like. Um, we've got, it's going to change the way we work, live, and build. So sensors, drones, AI, connected devices, GPS, um, AR, VR, 5G, Internet of Things, those are all things that we saw at ConExpo, ConAg that are, that are out there that are available to contractors. Um, and that's going to change how the world operates and is built. So not only do all of those technologies um, increase productivity, efficiency, and ROI, but a lot of them address a workforce issue. So as people have, um, you know, ended up like laying people off because of what's happening, as they're bringing people back, um, they can they can bring back people and take some of that training requirement off. Some of these technologies just allow allow a contractor or an operator to less rework. They don't have to control it. The machine controls itself. Um, so that's really, I think, going to help separate some of the contractors that, that make it versus ones that don't. Sure. I was going to ask you if there are any other examples of what the difference will be between those who make it and those who don't. I think it's, it, it is that, that whole technology piece and, oh. and that um, investment. And I think everybody's in a little bit of a different situation. Um, Every, every owner, operator, contractor ha has a different, um, not only their bottom line and their capability to invest, but also their ability to restructure or to, to modify and accommodate any new regulations or guidelines that may, that may come moving forward, especially this first year of recovery. We don't know what that's going to look like um, right now with all the social distancing and how that, those challenges on a job site um, are, are a challenge in themselves. So how how different people are able to accommodate that i think is going to be going to be a big piece of how people recover so one question i did want to ask you sarah was about the future of trade shows and uh the possibility of face-to-face -face trade shows or otherwise do you think trade shows are going to evolve into something that is not what we've experienced in the past and if so, if so how will that work will people buy off people that they can't see face to face or shake hands with what, what do you think um i definitely think that this pandemic has brought a lot of opportunity forward um in that we we left north america's largest face-to-face -face trade show and immediately came back to a pandemic um, so it, it is showing us, I think, that we can do a lot of things virtually. Um, jobs continue, life continues, sales continue. Um, you can do that interactive through an online platform, a virtual platform. People are buying cars off the internet that they've never even seen before. Uh -huh. Could equipment go that way? Absolutely. Um, but I also think there is that piece that really drives home because we've been so removed from everybody, we've been, been put back in our little bubbles, right? Um, that there is a need for that face-to-face -face and that interaction and that trust and that handshake, like you said. I think that is still very important to a lot of people, especially in this industry. Um, it's a very strong, resolute industry that 
that really puts a lot of value on that, I think. Um, but uh, conversely, as we see more of these younger generations coming in and taking ownership and taking control, the ones that are, you know, Uber Eats and deliveries and it's, it's everything is virtual, right? So as that transition happens from a staff perspective and decision maker perspective, I think that might be part of the transition as well. So putting in the younger workforce plus the pandemic and the fact that we can see everything happens, um, I definitely see space for both a virtual platform as well as the face-to-face. -face. I don't, personally, I don't see face-to-face -face going away just because that's this industry and, and we really we really enjoy that stability, I think. Just in brief, what are you yourself looking forward to most about the return to in inverted commas normality? Well, <laughs> I genuinely miss that face-to-face -face interaction with people and our members and then our sister and trade associations um, being able to get out there and shake somebody's hand. It's, it's that simple for me right now is having that face-to-face -face interaction and um, you, you could know, always try shaking your own hand. Yes, I could. <laughs> Feels good, right? Yes, yes. Um, but it is. It's. Uh, I think we take for granted sometimes how how much that those simple interactions really really do mean and really do mean in a business sense too. That trust factor that's built in when you can look somebody in the eye and shake their hand. Um, I think I'm I'm looking forward to getting back to. Yeah, uh, I absolutely agree. Well, listen. Sarah Fueling, thank you so much for appearing on the IVT podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Sal. I appreciate it. The AEM Sarah Fueling there with some interesting observations about the future of trade shows. Join me again soon for another episode of the IVT podcast. In the meantime, stay safe and healthy and stay in touch with us on Twitter at IVT underscore MAG online at ibtinternational.com, and of course, via this podcast. That's it from me. Until next time. The IBT Podcast is an MA Business production. Please like and subscribe. If you are interested in appearing on the podcast, reach us via our website, ivtinternational.com or email ivt at markallengroup.com.